not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera, that women are just as good and sometimes better <laughs> as well um, for the job. Yeah, it's hard. It's difficult. You have to keep on picking yourself up. TTYA Talks, the podcast. So guys, you know, every week we need to be focused. And our guest today was born in Nigeria, but raised in Catford, South London in the building. <laughs> She's known for her no holds barred lyrics and straight talking, whether it's on or off the mic. I had the pleasure of working with her when she released her EP Empress. And I'm excited to get into things with her today because we did an incredible, incredible school tour together. So without further ado, I'd love to welcome Ray Black to the podcast. Hi, Ray Black. Welcome to TTYA Talks, the podcast. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. I think there's so much we're going to be able to share and so much knowledge that you're going to be able to drop. So with every guest, I always say, let's start at the beginning. You know, we need to be focused. Where did you grow up? Talk to us a little bit about your heritage and your early family life. Uh, So I was born in Nigeria. Um, I was born in Lagos. Um, I came to the UK when I was about four years old. Um, And I've been raised around different places in southeast London so when I came here we were in New Cross and Deptford and then we moved to Downham and then Catford and Catford is where I spent most of my life I'd say um and my upbringing I was raised by my mum um she's a single parent um and my brother and sister I'm the youngest um yeah and I grew up in quite a very a very traditional Nigerian home home was home was Lagos and outside was uh, in fact no home was the village and outside (laughs) outside was was London the UK yeah so you said that you was kind of born in Nigeria raised in South London do you feel like your Nigerian household um may have differed from others especially when it comes to your freedom around creativity because you know sometimes traditional West African heritage can come with you know stigmas you should be a lawyer accountant engineer all of those Mm. or rishi kind of careers not saying anything wrong with them but how do your yeah. mom kind of react maybe when you decided that you were going to get into music? Um, do you know what? My mom was actually really supportive. I was lucky there, but I think it's because I'm the baby of the family and, you know, we're a bit spoiled. So she she had, you know, the others to be really strict with. And when it came to me, she was a little bit more relaxed. Um, but my mom definitely told me that I have to get an education, um, you know, as a Nigerian and specifically as an Ibo person. In my culture, mm-hmm. in Ibo culture, we're very focused on education. So you can be a multimillionaire, but if you don't have a degree, they still don't have respect for you. Um, and so that's just a big part of my culture. So my mom said, you know, you can do what you want to do and acting, singing. My mom used to take me to auditions all the time. She let me explore all the extracurricular activities I wanted to do in the arts. But she was adamant that like I had to finish school. I had to go to college. I had to go to university. Um, and I actually did study law for my first year of uni and um and I absolutely hated it like it wasn't what I I wanted to do and um I changed my course without telling my mom (laughs) so you I did a madness. I changed my course to English literature and for the first year of doing English I didn't tell my mom until it got to the point I was like okay 
I, I think I have to let the cat out of the bag now because otherwise, like, graduation day is going to be a mad convo. <laughs> but I was so scared because of this, you know, expectation to be a doctor, a lawyer. But when I changed, obviously, she, you know, she was sad for me because she wanted me to do law. But she was like, well, that's what you want to do. You know what you're going to do with it. And she was really supportive and always has been. Oh, I love that. Big up, Mumsy. <laughs> well, you kind of catapulted into fame with your hit single, My Hood, with fellow like South Londoner Stormzy. Tell us a bit more about the inspiration behind the song and how you and Stormzy kind of linked up. Um, So I made the song on a really rainy day where I didn't really even want to be in a studio. Um, and I was really inspired by just songs about, about home. Um, and when I went into the studio, it's not that I I specifically plan on that day to write that song, but I was really inspired by songs like Hometown Glory by Adele. Um, and I wanted to make something that, that felt that way. And so when we got in the studio and the producer Courage started playing the chords, I don't know, it gave me a very a warm feeling um and I actually started off with the chorus and it, it was just so simple to me it just was like my hood my hood my hood like that's what it started out in my head as and then um yeah and then I, I carried on writing it and then when I finished writing it um you know for a while I was thinking about I wanted to put somebody on the song and for me like from from the beginning I only ever wanted Stormzy on the song and at the time he was like a growing, a growing name. Like he wasn't the humongous like Stormzy he is today, but he was definitely making big moves. Like he was a hood celeb and he was like gradually becoming, you know, like a, a commercial. Into mainstream. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I had known him from, I think maybe two years before I wrote My Hood because a friend of mine at the time introduced us because um, he was, he had been popping for a while in the ends anyway. Um, and people had been playing his song. He had a song called Not That deep that was out that everyone was like rinsing and I met him at a talent show in Croydon and um and yeah we just connected there and I met him like another time afterwards and he gave me a lot of really great advice when I told him I wanted to like make my way into the music industry and he was actually one of the first people that told me like don't sign a record deal just take your time and figure out what's best for you um and so yeah and then I I sent him the song when I made it and um yeah and he just he just loved it and did it and that's something I really love about him and other artists I collaborated with earlier like Wretch as well where you know they were at completely different stages in their career to where I was but still worked with me just because they liked the music and I always think that's what's important Oh, I love that. I love those organic ones. The organic yeah. link ups, always the best. Honestly. You won the BBC Sound of Poll in 2017, becoming the yeah. first and indeed the only unsigned artist to do so. What effect did winning that, oh, like winning that have on your career? Because I feel like that's when people really started being like, okay, it's time to pay attention now. Yeah, um, it definitely got me a lot of attention for sure. Um, that that award is something that opens a commercial door to you, I think. Um, it opens the door to um, the wider public. You know, I was like, I was on the like 9am news, <laughs> you know what I mean, after that. <laughs> and like, I was like, just getting so many amazing opportunities from there. Um, 
And it definitely wasn't something I was prepared for. I think even before I won it, obviously I'd known of it and known that like Adele and Sam Smith, Jesse J had Mm. won it. So I knew it was like a huge deal. And I definitely was like, oh my God, I hope I win it. Like fingers crossed, you know what I mean? But then when it happened, I don't think I was prepared for the jump that it like, do you know what I mean? The level it took me to where Mm. I went from being like, fairly busy to being like go 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 and no one being booked and busy (laughs) do you know what I mean nobody prepares you for that no one prepares you for that um so it definitely was career changing for sure Oh, I love that. So then you signed to Island Records um, and then later released your eight track EP Empress. And I think that's when we kind of connected and was like more like seeing each other more around that time. And, you know, like I loved what everything that Empress was about because it was really about like, you know, empowering the female, the messaging that you consistently put through that whole project, Um, even doing a school tour around it. Why was the message of this EP to the youth so important to you? Um, just because I remember when I, when I was growing up, um, those, those little messages that I would hear in my favorite artist music, or even the opportunity to connect with certain artists meant so much to me. Like I often talk about how Tiny Temper came to my secondary school when I think, I think I was in year nine nine or year 10 or something. And, um, I remember he had that, that's when he had the gold star in his head. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he was popping, like, wifey rhythm was ringing off, do you know what I mean? Mm. And um, he came to my school and was just talking about his journey and he performed for us. And it meant so much to me to see somebody so close to home be a megastar, you know? Mm. Um, And it made my dreams feel more attainable. And I just think, like, when you know that young people are listening to you or just, just people in general are listening to you, what you say is important. Like I feel like it has to in some way be enriching people or uplifting them um, or teaching them something, you know, it doesn't have to be like super woke and educated. Like even the ratchet mm. music that gasses me up. That makes me feel good when I'm listening to Megan Thee Stallion. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So I've, I always wanted to put that in my music. Well, let's talk a little bit about the school tour because I think that's when, when we first connected. So, um, we, we I hosted like a couple of panels for, for you and, and it was based around your project and you brought on some of your nearest and dearest like Tom Mucci and Nadia Rose and mm. just even notes like what was that yeah. I think when we when we first went into the schools even for me it was a bit intimidating because you don't know really how they're going to receive you and I think one thing for me that I love is when we went back to your school that you went yeah. to and you grew up and you were like looking around and you're like oh my god this has changed this has changed like yeah. how do you feel like maybe sometimes um, the impact of artists even having those ground roots and coming up can really like make a difference for the new generation it gives you grounding like you said it you when you come from a sort of background I do um, number one I think it makes you want to work even harder because you see and you know that nothing comes easy mm. and and when you go back to that place of where you've come from it reminds you not just of like how far you've come but also it reminds you of the people who are who are there and who 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 are the person you used to be do you know what I mean like in that stage that you mm. used to be in and um I think it's important not just for yourself but for them as well to see that I can do this too you know seeing somebody like no it's like do you remember the girls are going crazy crazy for <laughs> notes um and I'm sure that the guys were as well inside just being like raw like I really look up to my man and 
I have access to them right now and they come from where I've come from. Um, it's inspiring, I think, for for the, the students that we went to meet to tell them our story and also tell them that you can be behind the lens, not just in front of it. Um, mm. And also inspiring for me to go back home or not home but to my school and be like wow I remember being in this school and having the dreams of doing what I'm doing now and it just reminds me of how far I've come and how that like you know if you set your mind on something you can do it it's achievable if you work hard and also not to get too gassed like when you come from humble beginnings I don't think you can get that gassed do you know what I mean? <laughs> Do you know, I feel like it's a double-edged sword because I sometimes feel like we don't give ourselves enough credit. Like we don't celebrate the small wins because you're always on that hustle of moving on to the next project. True. And one thing, thing that I did love about when we did the school tour, Lowe's, was that, like you said, is that you really gave people the opportunity to see what happens behind the scenes. So when we went into the schools, like you obviously had like the head of A&R or like mm. some of your team to show like, okay, these are the people that are work behind the scenes that build the art. It's, up. it's not always about being the artist Who are some of your support network Within your team that really help make Ray Black the artist Oh my gosh, so many people And all women, which isn't purposeful It's crazy because anytime we show up To places, like I've got a show, whatever People always like, Rodden Do you know what I mean? Like here come the girls, sorry, because it's like my my manager's um, a woman, my my uh, day-to-day manager's a woman, my stylist, do you know what I mean? Like everybody around me, my A&R's a woman. Um, and honestly, it's just happened that way because not that I specifically said, oh, I only want to work with women, but I just wanted to work with the best people for the job and they so happened to mm. be women. Um, oh, and- I love that. They honestly work so hard. Like my my manager, Laura, I'm inspired by her every day. Like I sent her a message yesterday. Be like, I don't know if you know, but you really inspire me because I work hard, but she works so hard as well. Do you know what I mean? Like she keeps pushing. She keeps me positive when I'm feeling down. Like she fights the battles, some battles that I don't even see maybe, you know, because she protects me from that. And I feel really protected by my team and really supported by them. And even like my glam team, you know, when people see an artist, like you look at them and you think, oh my days, you look so, like they're so stylish. They look so fire. Like the face is beat, mm-hmm. the hair. And of course they're the ones that wear it well, but like there's people that put that whole thing together, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it takes a minute. So yeah, there's, there's loads of people I love that do you feel like you spoke about how like a lot of your team is built up by women but even you as a woman how have you found that navigating through the music industry because even me sometimes dipping in and out of the industry like it is a heavily male dominated workplace you know how have you felt as a woman navigating through the music industry um do you know I mean I don't I think everybody has has said and knows that it's not easy. If they don't, I hope they do know it's not easy. I feel like you have to work three times as hard um to to be seen, to be recognized, to be acknowledged, to be supported. Um and I think that's for several reasons. Like, I think the music industry is very, like, cyclical. So they focus on one thing and it, like, rinse that thing. Okay, right now it's grand, 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 grand. Okay, right now it's this, 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 this. And I think we're all just waiting for when it's going to be, okay, women, women, women. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like I've seen it a little bit when it comes to the female rappers, maybe more so in the States, like, where we're seeing female rappers really thrive right now, which I love. Mm. Um, but I feel like they have to be like three times as good as the guys and they've got to work three times as hard um so it comes with it I'm somebody who I don't like to be like a negative Debbie Downer like 
we all have struggles um and I'm hoping that things get better over the time and people acknowledge that not just in front of the camera but behind the com- camera that women are just as good and sometimes better <laughs> as well um <laughs> for the job and um yeah it's hard it's difficult you, you have to keep on picking yourself up your music is kind of like always kind of speaks about like social issues and I feel like that's what differentiates you and makes you so unique so even for example like your hard-hitting song Run Run like you reference youth violence a lot that kind of plagued your area um why do you feel like it's important for you to like talk about these social issues in your music um it's important for me one because it affects me it might not affect me directly but it affects me because it affects people I'm around people I know or the people who are from where I'm from um and also because I think when you have a platform you have to use it to say something I mean if you've got a million followers and all you're doing is chatting shit like what (laughs) what is it for like what are you telling these millions of people that follow you you're on a world stage and you've got nothing to say to edify people I feel Mm. like give it being given this opportunity um it's not it's not by mistake it's not accidental so when you are given the opportunity to say something I think it's important to use it to say and do something positive something enriching or or draw awareness to to causes because like you have the opportunity to make people listen the last year has been a bit of a mad one for everybody from um the death of george floyd brianna taylor and how it really kind of amplified like systematic racism and you know all of us were kind of using our platforms to speak about uh, to speak out about it, but also stating things that we know have been going on for a very long, a very long time. Yeah. One of the biggest discussions I think right now as well is around colorism. Um, how has this affected you directly? Cause I know you've spoken a little bit about, you know, being a dark skinned woman in the industry. Mm-hmm. I'd love to like hear a little bit more about that. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm actually really happy that colorism, the conversation around that has come more to the forefront especially recently because um obviously it does affect men as well but it's primarily something that affects women so I think when we discuss racism or particularly when we discuss like you know um police violence um that's something that I think overwhelmingly affects men um and I'm happy to see that we are discussing something that overwhelmingly affects women when it comes to race um for me my experience with it I mean I think is is the same as as every woman who is is black or of darker skin um I think maybe more some than others like if you're darker than me I think again your experience is probably different to mine but um mine I think was just understanding that in this industry it's going to be hard that was made obvious to me when I first entered and I think I was a bit naive actually when I came into the music industry because I always say like the way my mum brought me up meant that I never allowed like racism, colorism, sexism, whatever, all of these things to all affect the isms. <laughs> all of the isms. I know it never it never affected me in terms of how I felt about myself. So I can mm. acknowledge that, oh, you're a racist or, oh, you don't think I'm good enough or beautiful enough or whatever because I have Afrocentric features or whatever. But that's a you problem, baby. That's not a me. <laughs> that's not a me problem. That's how I've always seen it. So it's never, it's never affected my self-confidence and my self-esteem 
And so I think when I came into the music industry, I was a bit naive and I didn't acknowledge that I was at a disadvantage. I think mm. I felt very like, well, if you work hard enough and if you're talented enough, duh, do you know what I mean? And I think um, over time when people kept telling me certain things like, you know, like, look, look at the statistic. There's not many people. And I'm like, oh, I, I do know that there's not many people that look like me, but I think I never absorbed it because of how I was mm. raised. And I felt like I'm still going to, do you know what I mean? And I definitely have still like made moves and broken barriers and stuff in my career. But I think I see that it's just, it's harder to do it for mm. than it is for other people. So that is a challenge that I have experienced and I really hope that um having an artist that who looks like myself continues to open doors for for others and I think it's actually something I take pride in being um a darker skinned woman in the music industry because so many black women come up to me and tell me like you're repping for us like I love seeing your face on a like your black face on a billboard or <laughs> this or that and it makes them feel represented so it's something I wear with honor Mm. Oh, I love that. I love your willingness to always address difficult topics as well. And you even spoke publicly about, you know, your own experience with sexual assault last year. Like, do you think having such a strong voice can sometimes often make you a target, especially in this season where, you know, cancel culture or Twitter fingers like love to come for you? Um, I think. I think, I mean, yeah, obviously, if if you use your voice to speak out about things that people don't often speak about, um, you know, you don't know what the reaction is going to be, of course. And I think with anything, you get support. And then there are some ignorant people who don't support you, but that's not who you sh- you're speaking out for. Um, and, you know, what? people kept telling me, like, whenever I talk about stuff like this, people always like, oh, you're so brave and blah, blah. And to me, I never saw it as like a, a brave thing because it just felt like the right thing to do um to to speak out against somebody doing something wrong or a community of people being um not not unrecognized for me that's natural to be like this is wrong we need to do something about this and we need to talk about it um whether or not people rally around me and support me or publicly say something or privately even ask me if I'm okay. That's not what I'm doing it for. It doesn't mean to say it's easy. No, it isn't. And it hurts when, you know, people have something negative to say when you're trying to do something positive or the support you expected from people is not what you receive publicly or privately. Um, But I'm lucky to have like really supportive people around me whether that's like family or my management and whatever who say listen we're going to support you with this and like I'm aware it's a fake industry I don't actually expect anybody to get behind me so when they don't I don't really give a fuck because you're not my friend so yeah I think even for me personally I can relate um, in that in that aspect in the sense of having a voice and and using it and it's sometimes not always coming across in the way you intend it to so even around BLM and working across creatives I used my voice at that time to really be like okay all you people that are posting black squares this is great like I love it it's, it's thank you so much 
But at the same time, are your internal business structures reflecting that that you're posting on social media? Because yes, you can kind of put more black models at the front. Yes, you might want to engage with more black influencers. But if the head, if 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 the person at the top is still the same, has the same mentality, there's not really much change. And I remember so much people messaging yeah. me like, "Oh, Irene, like, don't you think that you could lose jobs, or maybe brands might not want to work with you because you're being so outspoken?" And my thing was that like, if they don't want to work with me, then they don't want to work with me because at the end that's of the day, it's, I'm. I'm I'm talking about something that's so important, but also I know like how much I've had to struggle sometimes in this industry or doing events. And then like, Oh, is the crowd going to be ghetto? Like ghetto now became the new word for black. Like is the crowd (laughs) going to be ghetto or, you know, I always think are people embarrassed when they say these things out loud. Like, can they not hear themselves? Babe, the word ghetto, yeah, it's just so disgusting. But these were the same companies that I saw posting Black Squirrel, that I saw mm. now saying, oh, they stand with anti-racism and, <laughs> and oppression. Mm. Uh, the same people. So mm. it was such an interesting time for me because I always felt like, oh, should I expose them? I'm not going to lie. And there was a part of me that I felt like, should I just blow it up? Should everybody go and perish? Like, <laughs> 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 there was a part of me that felt that, but then there was also, there was a part of me that felt like, do you know what? Everybody's, everybody's day will come. Like, I can speak about my experiences in a way that will inspire others and I just that's what was important for me and I think when I see you speaking about like colorism and against it and talking about your struggles within the industry it's only to inspire it's to inspire Mm. the next girl that can be like oh well like Ray looks like me and if Ray made it Mm -hmm. I can make it or you know Irene's doing her thing like if Mm -hmm. she can do it I can do it and I think Mm -hmm. that's what it kind of comes down to like I would love to maybe get some tips from you possibly about like breaking into the industry, any tips that you've got for like girls who are thinking about, mm, I can sing and I'm thinking about getting mm-hmm. into music. Like what are maybe yeah. some of five Ray Black's tips into getting into the music industry? Um, well, you know, so first of all, actually, I want to touch on what you just said earlier, because a, a lot of the conversations around colorism and racism, sexism, whatever, all of these things, um, sometimes bring people down than elevate them. Um, It can be really stressful and just like overwhelming to constantly see, by the way, are you aware that the world is against you? Are you aware that the world is every blessed day? Like it can be so draining. And so that's why for me, when I have these conversations, I don't like it to be about like, woe is you, woe is me. Everybody hates you, by the way. You're never going to become anything. No, it's like, it's about despite being black despite being a woman you can achieve this don't let this thing that's supposed to be a disadvantage hold you back so tip number one is forget what people say about oh all of the things that are standing against you whether it's that oh you don't know anybody from the industry oh you don't have any money oh you're black you're a woman you know xyz whatever people say or people have made you believe Um, is standing in your way do not subscribe to that like just delete that out of your head because I think and I still believe anything is possible no matter no matter where you're from what you look like um and tip number two would be work hard I'm telling you hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard you have you have to be really serious about about it if you want to be in the music industry or you want to be this big businesswoman, whatever it is it requires hard work like you need to be super focused ready to push even when you've got nothing left to give like I was so 
down last year just because of the pandemic and this and that. And I just had to still find the inner strength to be like, I'm still going to go to the studio. I'm still going to try and be inspired. I'm still going to work hard. And you have to have that sort of mentality if you want to make it in this industry. Um, I will say don't be afraid to reach out to other people. Um, I really believe in collaboration. I didn't used to, and I used to just be like, oh, but I'm shy to share my ideas and stuff like that. But um, reach reach out to people, whether it's like another artist that you want to collaborate with, um, or like I remember how I got my first bit of press. Um, I was just, I didn't even have management at this point, and I just made a mixtape. And I just started Googling, um, finding writers reporters who were writing on r&b music in different magazines or blogs like complex hypebeast stuff like that and i'd see their name and be like okay let me contact this person i email and send them a link to my soundcloud and be like oh please post about it and you know from there i got my first bit of press you know on complex and so had I been like too shy to share my music or scared of like, are they going to air me? I wouldn't have gotten anything, you know? So don't be, don't be shy to approach people. Um, What else would I say? Experiment as well. Definitely experiment. Um, And that, that's just like with your music, with your sound, like try different beats, try different vibes, different styles. Like as a growing artist, the person or the artist you are today is an artist you're going to be next year or the year after. So don't be afraid to try stuff. Um, And lastly, I would say um, really work on exercising your talent. Um, that means like looking after your voice, like, you know, doing vocal warm-ups, vocal training, playing, if you play an instrument, rehearsing keys or guitar, whatever that is. Um, if you can write your own songs, try and write songs on a regular basis because writing music is a muscle that you keep working. And if you keep working mm. it, you're going to get the gains, like you're going to get better and better. So yeah. <laughs> so those, those are my tips. <laughs> I love that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Beats One because you became the host of, you know, the Agenda show on Apple Music, which ended up getting extended by popular demand. You know, they They loved you on the earwaves. Um, What were some of the the skills, though, that you learned? Because presenting now is like a new school. What were some of the skills that you learned presenting the show? I learned how to read quickly to like to scan read. <laughs> what I'm doing right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like, cause I, embarrassingly, although I've got a degree in English literature, I don't read much anymore. And so like, I can't be there like today on beats. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Just gotta be a quick. So I learned how to read quickly. I learned how to improvise. Um, as well you know just come up with something quickly and like mm. I was like inviting guests as well a lot of the people I had on the show I reached out to um yeah to improvise and to be honest I just enjoyed myself like I just I just have fun I had so much fun just because I like to chat shit <laughs> so, no yeah. I loved it I loved it honestly I did fire questions now to round okay, up I've got some okay. fire ones for you fire okay. in the booth um uh, cool. proudest moment of your career so far Okay, you know what? That was literally just last week. I YouTube gave me an incredible billboard at the um 
the Holland Park roundabout. And I remember I've gone past there so many times and seen that 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 billboard and thought, oh, I hope I'm up there. So YouTube put me up, sir. And I, I was like, nah, I dreamed that shit. <laughs> I dreamed that. <laughs> the big one by Westfords, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. Show them. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Um, next one. When do you feel the most comfortable in your own skin? Oh, just after working out. Mm. Just after working out. I think it's the endorphins. I don't know, but I feel really like sexy and like powerful. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I can do anything and I'm ready to wear a crop top right after doing right after doing a workout. I'm like, let's get it out. Let's show them what we've done. <laughs> Well, you've actually been quite honest with your fitness journey and, and which is something that has inspired me as well, because you you spoke about a lot about, you know, girls just believing, especially in this hype of social media, of girls actually acknowledging that not everybody looks the way they post that they look like you have to really love from within. Side note, and I know we're doing five questions, but do you feel like sometimes there's this added pressure um, of of of, of being in the stereotype of looking good all the time or your body being a certain way? Like, how have you kind of got of around course. that? Of course. Of course. There's so much pressure, so much. But like, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to go under the knife because people, because people are killing themselves. Me too, I should die. No, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. You know what I mean? If that's not what I want to do for my, if that's what I want to do for myself, cool. But just because there's pressure to do that, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. And also, um, I also just think like, oh, just because you're a public figure on social media, you can't let people like take your life away from you. And I'm actually really yeah. inspired by Cardi B because I feel like, I'm sure she has her own struggle as well, but I feel like she fights against it so much where she's like, no, I'm going to be myself. Like people mm. are cussing me because of the way I speak or whatever. No, I'm not going to stop, you know, talking like this and whatever, because that's how they think I should. And so for me, I'm like, sometimes I'll be like, oh, I want to post something on my story. I have to beat my face. And I'll be like, no, because you look dead at home as well. Like, why should I be looking? Let's all join and look dead together. We're all looking dead, like, allow me. <laughs> Next one. Um, how do you surround yourself with people who encourage you and lift you up? Um, oh, they're just there, man. I'm really blessed to have, like, really good family and friends. And I just, I try more and more. I'm getting better at it just to, like, reach out when I'm not feeling my best just mm. to like not isolate myself and be like, no, talk to somebody, you feel better. So I want to talk about your new song before you go. Games Featuring Gigs is your first album, second single. It's an, it's an anthem that talks to things. Tell us more about the inspiration behind it and how you linked up with Holloman. Um, when it comes to gigs, he's actually one of the first, he was one of the first people that like shouted me out and acknowledged me and sort of like well-known well-known artist I remember I think he like tweeted my video my first video um and do you know what? he's just been supporting to be honest just a girl from south as well you know um and so south London in the building had, do you know what I mean la 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 <laughs> don't let them jump out at me I'm trying to keep it cute right now <laughs> Me too, sis. But, my my lifelong I mean? motto, I can't lie to you. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it cute, okay? Um, but yeah, he's just been so, like, such a supportive person, like, through my career. 
he actually brought me backstage at the Drake show and stuff. Like, he's such a great guy. But um, I always obviously wanted to make something with him, but he's literally a legend. So I'm like, it has to mm. be the right song. Like, I need it to be making sense for the both of us. So we got in the studio. He was like, let's make something fresh in it. Like, let's just do something new. <laughs> you know what I Because mean? like, <laughs> I was like, I was sending him something. He's like, no, let's do something new. So then got in the studio with my producer, Nana, um, and I was playing him just some of the beats and some of the stuff that I liked and some of the stuff I've been working on. And he said he likes that one. And I already had a uh, concept in my head of it being like um, of it being like an essay. You know, like when you're pissed at a guy, right? And you, mm. you do the long paragraph. You do the long, I guess you have more. to edit it afterwards, but yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? You're in notes, like your nostrils flaring and everything. And um, I, that was the concept I had in my head. Like, what do you want to say? Like, I just think it's funny how, you know, I see you on the gram, but you can't reply to me, whatever. Yeah, and it was just going like that. And um, and we were just having just such funny conversation about relationships. Um, so he came on the man tip, like, no, I'm not going to let you try and like, do you know what I mean? Like run us out on a tube. Yeah, you know yeah, I mean? yeah. Like, no, I'm come through <laughs> and let them know. You yeah. wanted this. You wanted yeah, this. Yeah, like yeah, this. yeah. <laughs> I'm here. So, yeah, that's how it came about. <laughs> Uh, I love that and I love him and I love that even me I'm from South London so you know I was just going toot toot South London connect in the building <laughs> um, so what's next for you babe what's next let us know from what you can tell us because you know all these projects always take time to manifest and to yeah. and to sizzle what can you tell us what's next um well my debut album which I've been working on um and the games is from I'm so freaking excited to to release it when the time is right um because I think I think it's this the stories and the stuff I talk about um I think so many women like myself are going to be relate could be able to relate to um what else um I've actually started a little bees naive sorry that's business <laughs> um, <laughs> which um I'm excited to talk about <laughs> I'm excited to talk about that um yeah and just more music more creativity um yeah that's what I'll say for that I was gonna say something else but that will I'll wait for later. <laughs> we'll see it in due course. <laughs> yes, by God's oh, grace. Sis, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for your time today. No keep shining, keep inspiring us. For anybody that's not following you on socials, I don't know what rock that you've been under, but <laughs> drop the social media for them. Yes, follow me. It's at Ray Black. That's R-A-Y-B-L-K on Insta, etc. etc. I think on Twitter there's an underscore because someone got there first. So fuck that person. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. Ray Black underscore on Twitter. Yeah, hit me. Uh sis, we're championing you. I can't wait for the album. I can't wait Thank to you. see the next projects coming out and we support you. We wish you Thank all you. the best. Thank you for today. Thank you so That's much. Ray Black, for everybody. Me. That's Ray Black, everybody, TTYA Talks. We out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you enjoy the podcast, please spread the word. Rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. For any questions, please also feel free to send me a signal on Instagram or Twitter on the handles at IreneTTYA or at TTYA Talks.